I'm Adam Walton. Uh, thanks for coming. Thank you, Lisa, for providing uh, a really good basis for our discussions. Uh, I am a PhD candidate at uh, UCL Institute of Education. And in what follows, I'm hoping to draw on experiences of attempting to do ethnographically informed, let's leave it in that way, research in higher education institutions, initially in Afghanistan and then eventually, perhaps tortuously, uh, in Turkey. In doing so, I hope to uh, explore the ways that the realities of attempting to do such research involve me moving away from and perhaps falling beneath uh, what I had taken to be the ethnographic ideal. Uh, the title, The Only Justification is Pragmatism, uh, comes from a comment my supervisor made when I was trying to offer some kind of justification for what ended up being my final study. Uh, the only justification, she said, in what I recall as being a rather resigned tone, uh, is pragmatism. Pragmatism, looking back, became perhaps the dominant force in my methodolog methodological choices. Uh, so I hope to reflect with you on the extent to which this might be a feature of ethnographies in general, and particularly in, higher educa in international education. And also to consider how uh, institutions and individual researchers can proceed in order, in order to maximise the potential scope of research within the constraints of <coughs> pragmatism. Um, so, Lisa's given us a nice basis, so I'll just very, very briefly, ideal ethnography can perhaps be taken to include aiming towards, as Clifford Goetz says, some kind of production of a thick description attained by hanging out with people in their natural settings in everyday contexts, um, it's informed by uh, flexible research questions, maybe motivated by uh, some kind of foreshadowed problems, as Malinowski said. Um, case, uh, case selection will be looking at what appear to be uh, some particularly interesting features, likely to be single or perhaps a few cases because of the amount of time taken. Um, and involving attention to people's own accounts, while also analysing those in relation to each other's accounts uh, and those of the wider context. Uh, the aim of that analysis being to understand the meanings that people ascribe to situation and events, to understand something of what guides their behaviours. It is also uh, recognised as being challenging, meandering and perhaps haphazard. So if I face such things, then well, perhaps that gives me greater claims to doing ethnography. So... When I uh, originally, uh, perhaps just to step back, uh, approaching my doctoral studies, I envisaged conducting an ethnographically informed study. I had lived in Uzbekistan, uh, in Samarkand in Uzbekistan, for 18 months after I left university, and I spoke reasonably good Uzbek. While I was there, I developed an interest in Afghanistan, which was just about 100 miles to the south, and I spent a few months there when I was leaving Uzbekistan in 2006. Uh, I returned to the UK, trained as a secondary school teacher, and while I was, did that, did my master's studies and began to apply for a PhD. So my plan when I applied in 2011, my grand plan, uh, was to look at masculinities in higher education institutions in Uzbek-speaking areas, there are about two million Uzbeks, in North Afghanistan. Uh, I was interested in seeing how these institutions were involved in, or could be involved in, might be involved in, developing consciousness about gender equality among male students. Uh, there was a significant, there's a 
significant gap in the literature about masculinities in Afghanistan in general, particularly in higher education, and it felt to me that some type of ethnographically informed research would be necessary in order to address that. Um, I knew that Afghanistan was dangerous. Who doesn't? Uh, I had I'd been there. I'd spent several months there. My wife lived there for a year. Uh, and I still I had Western friends at the time. I still have Western friends uh, who live in the places that I was planning to conduct my research. So it seemed, uh, you know, it seemed feasible to me in my application. And I was accepted for my institution and funding on that basis. I hoped to do my research in a couple of geographically uh, proximate sites to allow for some type of comparison. And at a later stage, plan to use grounded theory to allow me to develop my uh, my investigations in response to the particular felt concerns of the participants. Uh, after my application, I had to do a further ma master's degree, and in doing that, I maintained my focus on Afghanistan, sought to build as much understanding of the literature uh, as I could, and then going into the first year of my PhD studies, uh, I engaged in continuing that literature review alongside doing exhaustive statistical research on the higher education sector in Afghanistan as well as picking up my earlier studies in Dari, which is uh, the trade language in Afghanistan would be a sort of ne necessary second fiddle to the Uzbek that I already had. This takes us up to halfway through the first year of my PhD. At that point, while... Where are we yet? Uh, at that point, while preparing to go for an expo exploratory visit, uh, it emerged that my university was not going to allow me to go to Afghanistan. Don't be ridiculous. Uh, some regional experts who were consulted had reservations, but ultimately uh, it was the university administrator who had responsibility for risk management who determined that it was simply too dangerous. Uh, I pushed back, I tried to see whether you know, this was for a short period, how, how, could I look at other places, but in the end, after resisting doggedly, uh, I had to accept their, their verdict. So, I jettisoned two years of work and understanding uh, about Afghanistan and started to explore alternative research sites. I did consider alternative uh, UK-based options involving working with Afghan refugees or, or people like that, but none at the time seemed really possible. In retrospect, it would probably have been the most sensible move, and I guess the biggest piece of advice I can give to anyone, if you encounter anyone in my type of situation, is do the easy route, please. <laughs> um, but. Uh, I, uh, so, I ended up exploring Afghanistan's neighbours. Uh, Uzbekistan, Turkmenistan were out because their governments are crazy. Um, and there seemed to be one feasible option. Uh, missiles were raining in, in, in Pakistan, so one feasible option was doing work on the Tajik-Afghan border, but then some PhD student went and got himself detained, uh, and so that was out. Uh, so that was another few months of working on Tajikistan that, that were out. So, I was left looking at the Turkic-speaking world in general, because I had Uzbek, I thought I'd try and leverage that to look at a cognate language, and so it was a choice between Kyrgyzstan or Turkey. And my supervisor, who'd barely heard of Kyrgyzstan, said, choose Turkey. Uh, so, uh, so, I cast around frantically looking for possible leads. I didn't know anything about Turkey, I knew much, as much about Turkey, well, less about Turkey than you probably did at that point. But, there we go, I search around, uh, get some contacts, and I secured a couple of tentative invitations from an, a university in the east of the country and one in the west uh, for an exploratory visit. So, over two years into my funding, I began research in a country about which I was, in effect, in completely ignorant. Um, 
Unsurprisingly, at that point, things still didn't go smoothly. I was scrambling to catch up, uh, while also trying to keep some type of research timetable, and so left for Turkey probably too quickly, and so my research design, my supervisor and I thought it was okay, but it turned out probably wasn't. And then we were having to communicate over distance, and then doing ethics review over distance, and so there were delays, and I'd been working nicely on Turkish, that was coming well, but then, my de then having to do everything else, delayed that, derailed that, um, and then my wife goes and has a baby, you know, <laughs> seriously inconvenient, wonderful, but seriously inconvenient. Um, so, uh, uh, and then, then, so that was all various funding timing issues and, and research timing issues. Uh, and then the ethics review also raised some um, questions, which are, I think sort of can be general issues uh, in ethnography. One of them was the issue of informed consent um, and the expectation that you can only really do observations among people who you're able to get informed consent from. So that limited uh, freedoms in terms of informal observations that I hope to do. Um, and something about anonymization, which I'll come to shortly. So, um, that was the original plan. Now, we've seen the original plan, then with the obstacles, original plan, and then the actual study, vastly different. Uh, so, it was going to take place uh, in a uh, cosmopolitan Turkish context. Um, it would still be ethnographically informed, so, but the research period would be much shorter. Uh, I was going to be doing mainly based on formal observations rather than informal observations and interviews, uh, a research design with relatively little flexibility and a single case study. Crucially, uh, because my Turkish hadn't been able to get up to the relative level, I was working in an in institution where the language of instruction was English, and so my research was going to take place in English, so gone is any hope of nuanced understandings of people's context. Um, and, uh, and then as it, as it turned out, as you might have followed if you've been watching the news, uh, despite the fact that I'd been, not been allowed to go to Afghanistan because it was so risky, I end up in a place where bombs are going off. Um, so, uh, so risk remained a, uh, a part of the situation. Um, so, pragmatism had struck. Was I left with, well, to be honest, I think I was left with what was a diminished study. Compared to what I'd originally set out with, it was diminished. Um, so, I... Uh, oh. Yeah, here we go. Um, so this is our ideal ethnography, and these are the things that I think were at least to a significant degree lost. Um, so, I was doing, I was working in English, uh, and that's obviously problematic. Uh, people are trying to speak to me in their second language so they can't communicate as well. When they slip into Turkish or when I'm observing things and quite reasonably they speak to each other in Turkish, I don't have much of a clue what's going on uh, or, or significantly less of a clue. Um, the, number, the people who are willing to speak to me come from a restricted background because it's the people who feel particularly confident in English. So while it's a cosmopolitan university, I'm only really speaking to the Western, the people from Western Turkey rather than mainly those from Eastern Turkey. Uh, there were um, also ethical constraints, as I've said, on informal observations, which mean I didn't plan for and probably pursue those in the ways that I, have, I might have done. Also, because I had my blooming family with me, uh, because it was ethnography and you're away for a long time, um, we made a decision to live on uh, quite far away from the university so they could be with friends in this environment that was foreign to them. Um, so that also limit, limited my capacity for informal interactions. Um, so I was left with a broadly natural setting, but the scope for exploring the subtleties of meaning that might lead to thick description was reduced. 
Uh, time pressure meant I couldn't produce, I couldn't uh, go with grounded theory. I had very fixed uh, research questions and research design. And then there was the limitations of the case itself. So originally, I was going to do research in a context where no one had done research before. Um, instead, I was left with this broadly Western institution, which was consequently pretty you know, similar in some ways to other fairly well-documented cases. Uh, I had no comparison cases in the setting to help me deepen my insight. Um, and gender equality in this particular institution was frankly just less of a pressing issue than it was in many parts of Turkey, and particularly compared to North Afghanistan. Um, then you get into the site itself, and of course you find that you know, quite a lot of the, the senior administrators don't want to speak to you. As it turns out, none of the, socio the feminist sociologists who are like the mother load, they don't want to speak to you either. Um, and they've done some research and they don't want to show you that. So, um, so you know, there, but again, these are the types of access issues that people doing ethnography face the whole time that are exacerbated when you move into an international setting. So, uh, we're doing okay. 17 minutes left. Um, some general insights from this individual case, if I can. Oh, one thing though, look, okay. The ideal ethnography has to happen. And something happens. I've done it, I've beaten, I've come back, I've got data. So at one level, um, I'm, I'm ticking a significant box of uh, ideal ethnography. Um, so drawing some general insights from that, uh, from, from my pitiful case to look at uh, ethnography in general. Firstly, some of the challenges. Access is difficult in any ethnography. I think even if you're uh, doing insider ethnography, uh, access is difficult. Uh, it's particularly difficult once you're crossing borders. Um, you've got limited contacts. Uh, you, it's difficult to get information. It's difficult to weigh its accuracy. When I was looking at going to Turkey, the UK's leading scholar on Turkey said, you are never going to be able to do research on education in Turkey. And she was just wrong. Um, but, you know, I just had, that was just me being optimistic rather than actually being able to weigh the information usefully. Once you're inside, uh, the fact that you're an outsider makes it more difficult to navigate the system, it makes it more difficult to build relation, relationships, and so to maximise the access to participants that is often just built on, you know, feeling sympathetic towards one another. Um, language has also been a crucial challenge. Uh, the, so, because I was having to do research in what was either my second, or my twelfth language, uh, or uh, their... Uh, their second language, um, it, made, it just makes thick description more difficult. I'm a very good linguist. I have studied now 12 languages, I think. Um, uh, I, because I was attempting to do research in places where you know, the languages are lesser known to, uh, to people in Western contexts, I wasn't going to a French-speaking country or a Spanish-speaking country, which, which I could have done. It ended up that using the language, local language just wasn't possible, and that's a really key disappointment and also consideration when we're looking at how to enable people to do research in some of these lesser studied contexts. You're also, as uh, crossing borders, you are massively more ignorant. Uh, the outsider perspective is, of course, one of, in one sense, one of the advantages of ethnography, uh, but understanding meaning particularly in education institutions which are intimately interwoven with the wider society involves as deep as possible understanding of that surrounding context. Building up that understanding is immensely time-consuming, uh, and if change is required, as it was in my case, it's not easily repeatable in new settings. Also, uh, 
crossing borders means that your research encompasses more of your life. So I went with my family, uh, so they were all having to shift and go through cross-cultural stresses. I was dealing with their stresses at the same time as dealing with my own. In my particular case, the fact that I'm a, a Christian and the way I practice that uh, outside the research context came into my ethics reviews, uh, whether I could attend church, etc., um, came into the ethics review process. Because you are subject to the critical gaze of everyone around you, walking around this quite obviously foreigner, uh, and also to the whims of uh, foreign authorities, both both in and outside the research context, the research site itself, uh, with possible reputational consequences for the academic community institutions to which you're connected. No part of your life, it seems to me, was free from examination. Um, there, in higher education ethnography generally, it feels to me that the expectations about the specificity of research questions and research design are higher than they would be if, if we were coming from, say, a more anthropological uh, background or approach. Um, uh, but this can obviously reduce uh, the flexibility respond to following your insights as chance, serendipity, James, uh, presents them. Uh, there is, of course, an increased need of careful planning when looking at doing research across borders, and so that further exacerbates this, uh, this necessary specificity and reduction on flexibility. Um, then there is the issue of risk. Uh, risks in, uh, overall the risks when doing research uh, in international settings are much higher. This is the case for institution, sending institutions, for the researchers and for the research sites and participants. Um, institutions and researchers know and understand less about the research settings into which the research is going. As a consequence, risks cannot be accurately assessed, uh, and researchers are more, are more able to inadvertently cause, and the researchers, uh, sorry, as a researcher, you are more able to inadvertently cause harm, and you are also more vulnerable. Uh, also, certainly at least once you get, once you get outside Western, westernised context, uh, international contexts are objectively more risky. So each of the settings that I was looking at doing research in, Afghanistan, Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan, and ending up in Turkey, are less stable than the UK, have less of a rule of law, and are more violent. Um, so there are just objectively more risks. Um, and so looking at each of the, uh, each of the different levels, um, in terms of in terms of institutions, um, because there is this increased range of possible risks and the severity of the risks is greater, the institutions need to be increasingly cautious. But the flip side of that is that the risk aversion that can then develop uh, can limit the locations where it's possible to do research. Um, so my institution's overriding concern when they were looking at my situation was the safety of the traveller. Um, and while I might have questions and regrets about the way my institution dealt with my case, uh, I recognise in retrospect it could well have been the right decision not to allow me to go to Afghanistan. Nevertheless, I'm concerned that there are that a, a risk aversion approach is going to lead increasingly to no-go areas, uh, where, risk, where the places where in-depth research is most needed is not going to be able to take place. Uh, also, it's worth noting that PhD, PhD research normally sets the direction for a career. It's one of the few points when you can get the uh, 
cultural and linguistic in-depth uh, knowledge and facility that you need uh, in order to be able to continue doing research on a drop-in basis at a later stage. And so the way institutions consider risk at the PhD level seems to me to be particularly important. Um, at the personal level, uh, there, are, there is the, ri the risk of the significant change that is likely when, once you start looking at doing cross-border uh, cross ethnography doesn't seem to be discussed too much, but the consequences in terms of research timing and funding, etc., can be very significant indeed. Um, and the uncertainties related to international research make these types of fundamental changes to your plans much more likely. Um, also because ethnography in particular requires uh, deep and broad contextual understandings, uh, which can be rendered irrelevant, as in my case, when you have to change a location. Uh, this type of study, ethnography, is particularly susceptible, sensitive to these types of risks. And also, of course, security risks are particularly p pertinent at the personal level. Um, the, the murder of Giulio Regini uh, in Cairo back in January, a Cambridge-based uh, PhD student, reminds us very starkly of this. Uh, planning for Afghanistan, I was very aware of the security risks and took great care to address them. When looking at Turkey, when I was first looking at it, the situation in the southeast was calm, uh, relatively calm. Most of the rest of the country hadn't seen any major incidents for a long time. But by the, by the time I'd left, there'd been uh, several bomb attacks in my city, including one at the bus stop I used every day, which killed two students from my institution. Um, I was having to make my own personal assessments about which type of transport route was less likely to be a target. Um, and then weeks after we left, there was a coup uh, in which you know, hundreds of people were tragically killed. So situations can change very rapidly, and the personal risks are obviously um, you know, something, a, a key issue uh, when considering this type of research. Um, so there are challenges, there are risks. Uh, I'm just going to say, does it remain desirable? Yes. I'll, I, I will just leave you to read, you know, we can zoom, zoom on from that. But the understanding of the context in their particularity, the value of being able to get a comparative look at your own situation having gone, gone away and also coming in as an inside, as an outsider and bringing new cross-cultural insights, those are good things. Ethnography is important and valuable. We want to do it, but how can we do it in light of these uh, challenges, in light of that heavy hand of pragmatism? Uh, well, I'm going to keep my pace. As, I mean, is this, does this remain comprehensible? I can, if it's remaining comprehensible, I'm just going to keep this pace. Is that, I'm, I'm, I'm planning to tend to. I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating seven full minutes. So. Great. Um, thanks. Um, uh, so, um, it's desirable, it's difficult. Uh, how can we think about, perhaps, as institutions, as individuals, doing this differently so as to maximise what is possible? Firstly, planning, be realistic. Um, I'm an optimist generally, and probably that's come back to bite me. Um, the, uh, you need to plan very, very carefully. Recognizing the importance of language uh, is uh, it's just absolutely crucial. In retrospect, basing plans around conducting research in Uzbek was foolish. Uh, and the reason for this is that there is no alternative location where you can do research on higher education in Uzbek. Uh, Uzbekistan itself is out because uh, the government's too, too authoritarian, as it turned out, well, Tajikistan wasn't. So I, just having one place where you can do your research is, is foolish. So if, if your language limits you to that, just do something else. Um, be realistic. 
that, that links to the importance of having backups. Um, I had planned for backups within the country, so I planned alternative sites uh, in what, you know, de what, depending on the security situation in Afghanistan might be possible. But I would strongly assert that if you're looking at any place which might have any degree of instability, that you look at at least B and C backups with increasing levels of stability, including research that can be done from wherever your home is or wherever your university is based. Um, and, and, and also, uh, it feels to me that institutionally and as individuals, we need to give earlier consideration to questions of access and risk. So I obviously looked at these things when I was applying. To some degree, I felt my university did this when they accepted me, but it was only really when it came down years into the process when I was applying to travel that there was a rigorous assessment of the risks and the likelihood of my being able to get access to my research location. And in terms of my funding timetable, this is very problematic. And it feels to me that uh, an, an alertness among institutions to these types of questions and making risk assessments at the admissions stage and then for certain locations in ongoing fashion uh, would be important because as individuals, you don't know what the institution is going to be deciding. In my case, the, the no came completely out of the blue. And it feels to me that some type of uh, process that, that began at an earlier stage would be very helpful there. Um, the importance of uh, having appropriate geographic supervision. I, had to, I lost my co-supervisor uh, because they were an Afghan expert uh, and still do not have a Turkish co-supervisor because of, uh, it's, it's bureaucratically difficult to get regional specific uh, co-supervisors in. Um, some of my uh, research participants and friends in Turkey commented on the, the value, the potential value of having a Turkish national as being some, giving some type of supervisory input. Again, the bureaucratic complexities of that can be difficult, but it feels to me that if as institutions, more broadly, we can uh, look to increase the, the, the frequency with which people have people on the ground who know the context, who are academics and can give useful input that, that seems to me to be a really valuable thing. Um, uh, the question of how flexible your research should be, it's a two-edged sword. On the one hand, you need more planning in international contexts, so you've got to have le less flexibility, but you increase the flexibility, uh, you, redu you reduce the ways in which you can respond sensitively to the, the context. So that, I, I just don't know, it's, it's just one to balance. Um, and then... Uh, it takes preparation, it takes time, don't let people do what I did and change country in unplanned fashion, um, uh, if you can help it. Um, the, uh, in terms of ethics, informed consent, it's been discussed enough elsewhere, it's an issue, we need to try to get ethics review boards to think through it in, in different ways. Anonymization, uh, higher education institutions can often, particularly once you move outside Westernized contexts, be relatively scarce and in some cases quite distinctive. And so, the requirements to anonymize, uh, which I didn't face when I did my master's study in South Africa, but I did face uh, when I was looking to go to Turkey, can be quite difficult if you're then wanting to present this, present this contextualized, thick description of a place, and suddenly you're having to keep it anonymous. So I wanted to say to my participants, I'm not going to make this anonymous, it's going to be identified, deal with me on that basis. Uh, but in the end, I'm just going to have to leave out quite a lot of data, which I think could have quite a significant explanatory role because of the need to keep the institution anonymous. So that's a question for us to reflect on. Um, finally, uh, so almost, almost finally, um, risk. Uh, so um, it's important for institutions 
as I've said, to recognise that there are significant risks, but also to recognise <coughs> that they need to try to mitigate those risks uh, in order to maximise the possible spaces in which people can do research. Um, this might mean improving the data that is used to make risk assessments. So rather than perhaps looking at more broad brush assessments made by the Foreign, Foreign and Commonwealth Office, do things like use professional uh, risk assessment ag agencies such as journalistic agencies or newspapers do, which can give much more fine-grained analysis of the types of risks uh, so that you're able to make those decisions in a better informed fashion. Um, the, uh, also, uh, Christopher Kovacs Burnett uh, emphasizes that risk is an inherent part of, of many societies, I'd in fact argue all societies and all research contexts. So trying to get rid of risk is not going to happen. We need to explicitly acknowledge that risks are going to be there, they are, they are part of uh, research, and then be looking to mitigate them. In doing this, we can perhaps learn from uh, journalism and humanitarian agencies, perhaps adopting security protocols, insisting on certain forms of training, while it might appear limiting, might actually expand the types of context that we can do research in. Uh, so generally looking to increase negotiation between researchers and uh, their research contexts and the institutions, greater levels of transparency and clarity of criteria, and also training, so dangerous situation research training, I, I, uh, sorry, awareness training, I took myself off on a three-day course where I was kidnapped and things, just to give myself some types of, of sense of, uh, you know, what it would be like, and it was helpful when planning my route through across uh, the Turkish city I was in. Um, I, I'm almost there. Give me, if you give me one minute... I'll be there, is that right? Yes. Um, the, I don't need to say much about research. The ethics process is good at raising uh, awareness of risks. Uh, perhaps, uh, again, the question of recognising that these risks simply need to be mitigated rather than eliminated could be brought into that more. Uh, personally, be realistic about the limitations, make your backup plans, uh, get training depending on the context you're going to, and make sure you have a strong uh, local support network. And then finally, just a plug for collaboration. Um, if we're doing research in international higher education, we're going to higher education institutions. They've got academics. The possibilities for collaboration are multifold. Um, and uh, so, having, so having collaborations means that you can benefit from insider knowledge while also bringing in your fresh perspective as an outsider. It allows for a greater focus on what are felt to be the key issues within the context. Um, and in some settings, like for instance Afghanistan, it could usefully increase local research capacity. Uh, I recognise that at the PhD level, with the emphasis on individual research, this is uh, collaboration might be limited to, for instance, the local supervisory support about which I spoke, or working perhaps with research assistants if there's funding for it. Um, but at other levels, there's more extensive opportunities, and it seems to me to be a critical issue when looking at this. Sorry, one minute over. <laughs>